This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Mostly What God Does, Reflections on Seeking and Finding His Love Everywhere. Written and narrated by number one New York Times bestselling author and broadcast journalist Savannah Guthrie. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication and the power of social connections, where we talk to some of the most influential Christian content creators to find out how they've made their faith go viral. Everyone I talk to on this show is someone I follow or was told to follow online. Most of the conversations you'll hear are with people I have never met in person, yet they impacted how I think. What does it look like for Christians to enter the chat thoughtfully? Let's grow together on Viral Jesus. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. I have missed you. I cannot believe we are back together. I cannot believe it is 2023. If you are one of the like the new year, new me skeptics, let me offer some persuasion from your favorite communication professor. So there is a theory called primacy recency. And essentially what primacy recency says is that what comes first exerts the most influence and what comes last exerts the most influence. Primacy recency, first and last. So according to primacy recency, you won't really remember April, May, or June of this year, but your brain will really remember what happened in January this month, primary, what came first. And you'll remember what happened at the end of 2023, recency, what came last. So like November and December. So your brain will really latch on to core memories happening this month and next month. And then again at the end of this year. And so when you decide at the end of 2023, at the end of this year, when you look over the year and you reflect and you decide how well your year actually went, you decide that not by how well it actually went, but by how well it went at first and how well it goes last. So my advice for you is to make the changes you want to make now. Take the brave risks in January. Do the things that scare you. Make the moves because you will remember this month. It's actually crucial. It's primary. And according to Primacy Recency, you will decide how well your year went based on the choices you make today. So here is one choice you can make right now. You can pause this episode and send it to a friend, share it. How do we make Jesus go viral in 2023? We literally share episodes like this with our friends and family or just post it on your social network. This type of content that helps us better pursue a relationship with him is how we make Jesus go viral. You can also rate the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Every new rating we get 
gains us more visibility to reach new listeners, which of course we want to do. I am especially excited for another hashtag blessed where we look at a topic facing all of us with social media and decide whether it's a hashtag blessed or a hashtag mess. Today, we get to talk to Brady Shearer. Now, you have to immediately go follow Brady on Instagram. I just found him probably three or four months ago. And I actually asked him if he would come on fairly regularly to this segment. So you'll be hearing from him quite a bit because he is one of the gurus of digital discipleship. Brady Shearer is the director of Pro Church Tools and church software platform Nucleus. His work focuses on helping churches navigate the biggest communication shift in 500 years. Please immediately go to his Instagram and follow along. His videos are amazing and we are just so hashtag blessed. You see what I did there? (laughs) To have him join us more frequently on Viral Jesus. So Brady, I saw an Instagram reel you did on the collapse of curation, and I absolutely loved it. It's something I've been seeing. Can you talk to us about that? Are curated feeds a hashtag bless or a hashtag mess? First, actually, just tell us, what does the phrase even mean, collapse of curation? And second, how can we start implementing that trend and any other trends? Because you're the one, you're the guy, okay? Any other trends you think we need to know about with our social media? For sure. So the collapse of curation is uh, a term that we've been using internally uh, with my team to describe either a conscious or subconscious movement away from the hyperbolic and overly sensational elements of social media. And maybe YouTube Mm. is perhaps the best place to see this. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening and watching is familiar with a YouTube thumbnail where someone is like making a really scrunched up face and there's a ton of contrast and bright colors and the title might have random letters or words that are capitalized. Uh, thinking, oh, you, oh my, oh my goodness, you've never seen anything like this. Click this video is essentially what they're trying to do. The problem with something like that is that every time you make a video like that, you, you need to like make it more sensational the next time. And so over the years, mm. these thumbnails have become more sensational, the titles more exaggerated. And so what's begun happening is we've seen this intentional uh, movement away from that, the collapse of curation. So on, on YouTube, I've begun seeing YouTube thumbnails that are basically these really meant to be casual uh, photos of people. Maybe their desk is a mess. It's one take. They're not smiling perfectly uh, or, or what have you. And the, the, the title of the video is very descriptive. It's just like, you know, what I'm doing today or like how I'm making changes this year, purposefully trying to seem more authentic. Of course, the great irony is that either one of these aesthetics can be curated. Uh, but to help right. understand that phrase, the collapse of curation, moving away from that um, with the intent, of course, to get more engagement and to reach our audiences better. I'm super fascinated by this because I've noticed my students are... uh, We did an episode, I don't know, a few weeks back on Be Real. My students love Be Real. And some of it is there's, there's not that curated feel that perhaps an Instagram has where it tells you when to post and there's no filters whatsoever. Are you seeing this translate onto Instagram at all as well, where there's less curation? Yeah, absolutely. There are so many different expressions of this in different ways. Be real is is a great one. You know, we've been describing be real as you know Gen Z's uh, intentional pushback against yeah. the over aesthetic, you know, perfectly uh, glamorous um, and curated looks. 
uh, on Instagram, the trend that we're seeing this year and really across all of social media is quite simply a historic moment because every social platform is embracing the same type of content format, which is vertical video. And through the history of social media, uh, this has never really happened because each platform has had its own specialty. And, and so if you are working in the world of social, one of the main challenges has been that you need to focus on Facebook, sure, Instagram as well, YouTube, TikTok, you know, Snapchat, uh, Be Real. They're all doing their own yeah. thing. But now every major platform from Facebook to Instagram to YouTube with shorts and TikTok, which is where it all started, they're all incentivizing a vertical video. Each one of those platforms has introduced a partner program where creators can earn money off their vertical videos. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg in an earnings call last year uh, said, in this year of 2023, you're going to see twice as much, at least, content from accounts that you don't follow on Instagram and Facebook. And they're putting a massive emphasis financially into building their Reels engine and what they're calling their discovery engine. And what we're seeing is the replacement of the social graph algorithm on social, which is meaning you see content based on your friends and family that you're connected to, to a discovery algorithm, which is all about your viewing habits and your interests. And so massive, colossal changes that are having huge implications. The big benefit, though, is that you can make one piece of content, publish it to TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Facebook, and Instagram Reels, and that's not a bad thing anymore. So less work and more results, perhaps. I'll tell you why this is exciting to me, and probably some of our people listening, is because I'm intimidated by the overly produced, like TikTok. There's so many people that are creating actual television shows that they're running on their TikTok, and I'm like so blown away by Gen Z and how good they are at production. And so to hear that maybe we're going to step back from that a little bit, for me feels really authentic and organic and more true to who I am anyway. So I'm super excited. Thank you so much for sharing with us. What do you guys think? Is there a collapse of curation? Is curated feeds a hashtag blessed or a hashtag mess? You decide. If you want to respond to our hashtag blessed segment today, if you have your thoughts on this topic, we would love to hear from you. Just type into your search bar, whether on Instagram or Twitter, type in at viral Jesus pod, and then just put a hashtag blast on the end of whatever your comment is, and we will see it. We would love to enter the chat with you. We are starting a new series. Woo! It is called Things You May Be Getting Wrong About God. I'm going to say that again. I just want you to really hear the heaviness in it, right? I think it's something that you hear that title and you're like, ooh, it's mysterious. So we're starting a new series and it's called Things You May Be Getting Wrong About God. And we are sitting down with three different theologians. So it's going to be a three-part series and asking them what they think we may be getting wrong about God. But I wanted to open our series by sharing with you a bit from my heart on what I think I learned in 2022 that I hope is going to increase my spiritual vision in 2023. And hopefully, as I share it with you, it will help increase yours. I think I was getting some stuff wrong about God. And I was hurting myself by creating these unmet relational expectations between God and I. And I just want to share this with you, what I'm learning and seeing to hopefully put us on a similar page as we start the series. And God being God gave me the 
perfect chapter of scripture to go through with you today for this conversation to illustrate my point. It is Isaiah um, chapter 30. We're going to look at verses one through three, and we are going to start in verse one before skipping down to some more verses, and eventually we'll close out in verses 19 to 21. So if you are listening at home where you have access to a Bible, I would love if you actually opened it for this episode. I think it would be really good for you to highlight some of these verses just so you can really remember primacy, recency. So you can remember what we talk about. And then next year, maybe as you go through your scripture again, you guys know I like reading the Bible every year. As we go through it again, we just remember, oh man, I remember that from last year when I learned these points. But I want to start in Isaiah chapter 30, verse one. And it says this, Woe to the rebellious children. This is the Lord's declaration. They carry out a plan, but not mine. Hmm. I'm going to say that again. Woe to the rebellious children. This is the Lord's declaration. Oh, they carry out a plan, but it's not mine. Whew. I am probably the only person on the planet who will read you that quote from Isaiah chapter 30, verse one, and then connect it to a Taylor Swift lyric. But in her song, Mastermind, she says, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Strategy sets the scene for the tale. And I think that's the message we get from culture, right? That's that's the message we get. And I think for a long time, this is what I was getting wrong about God because I get upset when God doesn't move according to the plan. Like, God, this is the plan. <laughs> Aren't you paying attention? Aren't you watching? God, I have to have a plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail, Taylor Swift says. I have to have a plan. And yet Isaiah Chapter 30, verse one says, woe to my rebellious children because they carry out a plan, but it's not mine. Here is what I want you to get right before God. How do we lay our plans this year, this month, today, before the Lord? What if the plan that you are angry that God isn't fulfilling right now was never God's plan for you? What if God is saying, yeah, you have a plan, but it was never mine. You didn't ask me. And if you would just lay that plan down before me, if you could just let it go, if you could lay it down and if you could trust me, I could set your feet on a different path. God is going to continue this line of thinking to the children of Israel in Isaiah chapter 30, but I want to pause for a moment and ask you if it is possible that scripture that was meant to help govern Israel themselves may also be relevant to the church today as we figure out how to live our lives in this world. God speaks this prophecy to Israel through Isaiah at a time when the Assyrian army was attacking Israel and Judah, more specifically, before the people are taken into exile. The rest of verse one says, they make an alliance 
but against my will. So the children of Israel, so specifically Judah, is looking to figure out how do we save ourselves? Have you ever been there? How do I save myself? I have to have a plan. And so their plan is to be saved by Egypt. And God says, that's your plan, not mine. Verse two and three continue. Without asking my advice, they set out to go down to Egypt in order to seek shelter under Pharaoh's protection. They want Pharaoh's protection and take refuge in Egypt's shadow. Verse three. But Pharaoh's protection will become your shame and refuge in Egypt's shadow, your humiliation. Woe to my children who have plans, but they are not mine. That was never my plan. And you didn't ask me. I'm going to move us to a different point in a second that absolutely changed how I see God when we get to verses 20 um, through 21. But first, is it possible that right now in any space of your life, just stop me if I'm getting warm, okay? That right now you may be seeking protection in Egypt, right? And of course, this is a metaphor for maybe you're seeking protection in a job or through going to the casino. Because if I just, if I gamble, if I win this money, it will save me. Or if I can just get the right romantic partner, it will save me. Money will save me. Or if I just move to the city, if I get this degree, this is absolutely what's going to save me. And we have not ever laid the plan before the Lord. It is your plan, not God's. Listen, I have pursued my own plans. And let me tell you this story. And I, I, I can't remember if I've told it specifically on the podcast before, but if you've read, it's not your turn. I know you already know this, but it's just, it's part of my story. And so I want to share it with you because I, I think it's important that people understand that God does and will intervene and intercede in your life. So just indulge me if you've already heard it, but I was engaged to get married before I married my husband. And the guy I was with was absolutely my plan. And two months before the wedding, my dad says to me, Heather, I just want you to pray about this. I don't know if you are supposed to marry him. And again, this is two months before my wedding. So I'm caught off guard. But I also have always been extremely close to my parents. And so, and I trust my dad's counsel and I trust my dad's relationship with God. And so when they left, they were going out of town. I went to my room and I just laid the plan before the Lord. It's not, again, I want to say this in my situation, it's not that I had never prayed about it before, but a concern had been raised by a spiritual leader to me, my father, who I trust and who I know loves me and wants the best for me. And so I said, okay, we're going to relay this plan down before the Lord. And I said, God, this is the person I have chosen. If you don't want this for me, then I need you to intervene. And I am not kidding. Within five minutes of praying this prayer, my phone rang and it was my fiance. And he was calling to break up with me. I'm not kidding. Out of nowhere. 
we had not gotten in a fight that day. And he was like called, picked this fight with me and then said, I don't think we should get married anymore. It was just out of nowhere, about five minutes after I pray this prayer. And of course he calls back, I think it was like the next day or the day after and was apologetic and and wanted to get back together. Um, Didn't know why he had done that, was sorry, but I never went back with him. And I did call off that wedding even though it was two months away, even though my bridesmaids had dresses, because I trusted that I had just put out a fleece and God had answered me. And I think sometimes the reason we don't lay our plans before the Lord is because we don't really want the answer. And sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, we have laid it before the Lord and he has answered and we ignore it. Because we're like, no, 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 God, I can't at this point. I can't deviate from the plan. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group? teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. So here is what I am saying. Even if you have prayed before, even if you are supposed to relocate to this job in six weeks, even if the marriage is two months away, if God stirs someone you respect who knows you and who you know knows God to approach you and question the decision that you're about to make. Or maybe it is that you just feel deeply stirred that you are supposed to relay this plan at the altar. You have to do it. Woe to my children who have plans that are not mine. I absolutely was two months away from marrying the wrong person. And after seeing God so clearly intervene in my life, I I have just ever since then, I don't want to ever move ahead of God. I trust the counsel God sends me. And when I wanted to move back to Michigan to be with my parents, my husband said, "If, if God wants it to happen, Heather, don't say anything to anybody. God can make that path clear. So lay it before him, lay the plan. And if God wants it to happen, he'll make a way. Well, we had only been living in Denver two years. 
it didn't make sense for us to move at that time. We loved so many things about living in Denver. And I started praying on Father's Day weekend that if God wanted us to move, he would make it clear. He would pave the path. And by July 1, Andrews University, which is the university I'm working for now, called me and said, how do we get you back here? They had no idea that I had been praying for about a month on a sign on if I was supposed to move back to Michigan. They had no idea. But the Holy Spirit will stir where he can stir. He will stir hearts that are open if we lay it before the throne. And so when we came back to Michigan, it's not like anything was easy. There was so much about that move. It was honestly a really dark time, especially for about six months. It was really, really hard. And Seth and I, though, at the same time, we both knew this is God's plan. So it's not easy, but we're supposed to be here. And there is so much peace, even when things aren't easy, when we know that we've laid the plan before the Lord, right? So whatever that thing is for you right now, I'm just asking you, like, lay it before the Lord. And also, if you, if you know for a fact, I did that and I'm still here and it's still hard, then you trust the plan. You trust the plan that God has taken you on, whatever your plan is. Because here's the thing about God. God can't plan your life if he hasn't also planned your days. God is for you. God loves you. God's desire is to be in a relationship with you. God is not trying to trick you or trap you or hurt you or take anything away that you wanted that won't be replaced by what you needed. God is for you. And so friend, we can trust God's no as much as we can trust God's yes. There is a plan. And all we have to do is keep our hearts open to the moving of the spirit. That's it. God, if you want me to do this, make me have peace. God, if you don't want me to do this, make me unrestful. Wake me up in the night. Don't let me sleep. And let the spirit of God move you. Okay, here is what I want you I want to show you in um, verses 20 through 21. It just wrecked me in worship this morning. And I was like, okay, okay, God, I have probably been getting this wrong. I had to repent this morning of my own sin. Have you ever been reading scripture or listening to a sermon and you just immediately start internally shrinking because you know the spirit is tapping you on the shoulder like, this you? <laughs> is this you? Oh my goodness. That is how I felt when I read Isaiah 30 verses 20 through 21. But first in verse 16, so this is Isaiah 30 verse 16, if you're following along. And it says, God is telling the people through Isaiah, he says, you say, no, we will escape on horses and we will ride on fast horses. Okay. So that was their plan. 
That was their plan in verse 16. We will escape on horses and there's going to be fast horses and we will just ride out of here into the sunset into Egypt. Look what God says is actually the plan in Isaiah 30 verse 20. This is, listen, this is God's plan. The Lord will give you meager bread and water during oppression. (laughs) I want you to highlight that verse. It's Isaiah 30, verse 20. I want you to highlight that verse because it may be something you are getting wrong about God. What if you are like me and you've been expecting God to show up with fast horses and God is saying, no, no, I am going to not just save you, but I'm going to preserve you. You want a horse to escape, but I am going to give you some water and some bread so you can stay right here. You want money to just show up in your mailbox in a mysterious envelope. And God is like, no, I want you to call your parents or your sister or a friend. And I want you to ask for help. I want you to ask for help on paying this bill. It's meager, but it's water and it's bread. And it will require our humility. What if you are praying, God, get me out of this job. And God is like, no, I'm going to give you the wisdom to navigate through this job. I'm not going to take you around this one. I am going to take you through it. (sighs) I don't know about you, but for me, I want the horse. (laughs) I want the horse, God. I want the flash and the bells and the whistles and the miracles. And I want to get to see, I want the flash and the bells and the whistles and the miracles. And we do get to see that God sometimes. It is also a part of who God is and it will be a part of your story, but it won't necessarily be in every chapter, right? There are going to be seasons and chapters of this story that is called your life where you will be sustained through meager water and bread. And guess what? That's God too. That's your God too. And it doesn't mean you have been forsaken and it doesn't mean he is angry and it doesn't mean a horse won't come one day. But for now, if what we have is bread and water, how do we learn to be a faithful person to the Lord and say, God, just thank you for what you've placed in my hand. Thank you for this. If you are believing that when God shows up, it's always through money or a ton of people are going to see you and now there's status and there's horses, you will miss the God that is right beside you right now. And I'm telling you, your life matters right now. How do we learn to see the meager bread and water as a part of the miracles of God too. 
I don't want you to miss it because I worry that if we get this one thing wrong about God, we are susceptible to the devil's whispers that God is not enough, that God isn't here for you, or that God has abandoned you. Have you heard that lately? That God is angry with you. Friend, God is for you. Isaiah 30, 20 through 21, the Lord will give you meager bread and water during your oppression, but your teacher will not hide any longer. Your eyes will see your teacher, and whenever you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear this command behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. When we are faithful to what God has put in our hands, we can choose to see the bread and water that has preserved us thus far. We can see the teacher. And as we increase our spiritual vision, we increase our spiritual ears and we get to hear the spirit say things to us, like is said in verse 21, this is the way. Okay. Hey, this is the way. This is it. Yep. Keep walking. Yep. One more step. Daily bread. Here we go. Step by step by step. Be faithful even here. Here's the thing about God. If we're called to follow him, it means you're not always going to know where you're going. So I tell my students, if you don't know where you are going, it's okay. Because to follow someone quite literally means you don't know where you're going, else you wouldn't need to follow someone. As Christians, we lay down our horses we don't run to be saved by Egypt. We pray for God to lead us into the path he has called us to. And sometimes, friend, it won't be to go around. Sometimes he's going to call you straight through. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, For the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, You will be delivered by returning and resting, your strength will lie in quiet confidence. And when I read that Isaiah 30 verse 15, your strength will lie in quiet confidence. I highlighted it in my Bible this morning because I want to be saved by affirmation. Are you kidding me? I, I love affirmation. I love ease. And I love plenty. I want to be saved by, by book sale numbers and podcast downloads and my kids being perfect and always having a good report card and my parents' health bringing no challenges. And I want to never even have to check my bank account because I would simply never even have to worry that my card could get declined. But you know what? I have had to learn how to be delivered by resting in God. And I have had to ask God daily to give me quiet confidence. I have had to learn how to see the bread and the water that is in my hands and know that God has given me just enough to survive today. 
I saw a reel on Instagram once from an account named Pastor Kells. You can follow it. It's Pastor K-E-L-S. And her video said, essentially, it said, the back door is still an entrance. What she meant by that and what she was saying is that sometimes God will take you on an alternative route. And you saw other people that got to go through the front door. And you feel like that's the door you were supposed to go through. If God is really with me, then he'll take me through. We will storm the gates. That's the plan. But God says, woe to my children who have plans that are not mine. The back door is still an entrance. And sometimes God moves in our lives so gradually and quietly that other people won't even recognize us being moved into position because they get that wrong about God and how he works. They think God always uses fast horses and opens gates. They think God can only do things one way, but the back door is still an entrance. I want you to pray for spiritual vision. Because God may be putting you into position right now and you'll miss it. You won't even see it because it doesn't look how you thought it needed to look in order for it to be God. Isaiah 30, 20 through 21, highlight it in your Bible. The Lord will give you meager bread and water during your oppression. But your teacher will not hide any longer. Your eyes will see your teacher. And whenever you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear this command behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. The back door is still an entrance. Our series starts next week. What you may be getting wrong about God. Make sure you share today's episode with a friend or online as we make Jesus go viral. It is the best way to say, hey, I liked this episode is to share it with someone else. So to recap today's episode, number one, lay your plans before the Lord. Ask for God's involvement, even if it's scary, even if it means a door may close. Number two, Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, our strength is in our quiet confidence. What if your confidence doesn't have to be loud in order for it to be strong? Number three, you may be looking for a horse or a job or a partner or a healing. And for this chapter in this season, God is giving you meager bread and water? Listen, that doesn't mean those other things can't come, but it means we have to be diligent in seeing not just where we wish God was, but where God is. And it's very important that we have the spiritual vision to see that God is 
with you. I want you to see it. The back door is still an entrance. Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Next week starts episode one of our series, What You May Be Getting Wrong About God. And we sit down with Beth Allison Barr, the best-selling author of The Making of biblical womanhood. I'll see you next week for another conversation where a viral Jesus guest talks and you and I listen so we can learn. I love growing with you on viral Jesus.